Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. We've been in a series, Summer of Wisdom, and we've been talking about wisdom. Pastor Jacob started us. He have had an incredible word last week. Pastor Jacob, wow. I've, I've heard it said this way. I've heard it said that wisdom is seeing at 30 what most people don't see until they're 50. I'm going to say that one more time so you can catch it. Wisdom is being able to see when you're 30 what most people don't figure out until they're 50. There's something about wisdom that is enticing and necessary. Is there anybody in here that doesn't want any more wisdom? You're totally fine with the wisdom that you have. Anybody? I didn't think so. Let's, let's jump in and find out what God has in store for us. Say, say to your neighbor, can you see it? Can you see it? There are different ways to learn. You can learn by watching others, or you can learn firsthand by experience. Anybody here a part of a large family? You've got multiple siblings. You grew up in a house with more than one sibling. Isn't it amazing how children seem to learn from each other and those that go before them, right? Who's the oldest? Show me hands if you were the oldest in your family. All right, hands down. Show me. Those of you that were younger, you had an older brother or an older sibling. Let me see your hands. Okay. Those of you with your hands raised, aren't you thankful that your older brother or your older sister found out the hard way all the things that they shouldn't do? You can learn from them. We've got a large family ourselves, and it's amazing to me how many things my oldest gets corrected on that the, the younger ones never have to get corrected on. It's like they're sitting there watching saying, oh, he does that. I am absolutely not going to do that at all. There's something about learning by watching others and not necessarily by having to figure it out all on your own. Kayla and I really enjoy small group ministry for that same benefit, that same purpose. We get together around in circles and learn from other people and share some of the difficult things that they've been through and some of the hard things that they've been through. And how many of you know, we don't have to walk through those same things. We can learn from other people. People. I'll give you an example. Kayla and I decided years ago we're not going to put a television in our bedroom. And I'm not bashing on anybody that has a television in their bedroom, but after years of sitting across talking to people, married couples who have intimacy problems, we realized, you know what? It's probably not worth it. We want our bedroom to be a place where we can go and retreat into ourselves, not into some screen and let other content come into our room, we want that to be our place. That's not something that we learned the hard way. That was something that we learned by watching and being a part of other people. How many of you know it's much easier to learn wisdom by watching somebody else and trying to figure it out for yourself? Is there anybody here that wishes you didn't have to learn some things the hard way and you could learn it the other way at all? It, it just, it's kind of how it works. It, it, it reminds me of this joke. So I'll share that with you. Two men walk into a bar. Tell me if you've heard this before. Two men walk into a bar, which is really foolish because the second one should have seen it coming. (laughs) Walked into a bar, like second one should have seen it coming. Mm. Yeah, ask your neighbor, can you see it? I mean, be be honest, Pastor Don, you should not have used that joke. 
It did not come across good. See, that's wisdom. You're catching on. You're, you're, you're ready for us to jump in. Here's the point. There's two kinds of wisdom. There's wisdom that comes from above, and there's wisdom that comes from the behind. And there are some things you learn the easy way, and then some things we learn the hard way. Experience is a very expensive teacher. And those of us that have been around longer than those of you that have not would tell you definitively, please learn the easy way. Trying to learn the hard way isn't worth it. Anybody in the room agree with me on that? I'd much rather see it than feel it. And as we kick off this summer of wisdom series, we're going to be reading through the book of Proverbs. And listen, I encourage you, grab the book of Proverbs in your Bible. Turn right to the middle. It's practically right in the middle. And read with us. There are 31 chapters in the entire book of Proverbs. There are 31 days in most of our months. It's a great practice. And I know many of you have the devotional habit of grabbing and reading at least one chapter in Proverbs every single day. And I want to encourage you to join us as we do that. And I want to talk to you today about the book of Proverbs specifically and some things that as we go through this summer of wisdom and you're reading your Bibles and you're reading and learning in the book of Proverbs, I think will help you and maybe share some things with you that you might not know anywhere else with that. I remember one thing very specifically from Pastor Jacob's message last week when he shared, Pastor Jacob Aranza shared with us about this book. You remember what he said about this book? He said, sin will keep you from this book, and this book will keep you from sin. Sin will keep you from this book, and this book will keep you from sin. I can't tell you how many days I have started my day reading this book, and everything fell into place the way I hoped it would. But I can tell you a lot of days that I didn't start my day by reading this book, and it seemed like I got off to the wrong foot. Anybody else with me in that? Read our books, and there's, you're not going to develop a better spiritual habit than opening up and letting God's Word speak to you so that you can see the wisdom that it has in its pages. Say with me, can you see it? Pastor Jacob used this passage from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 1 through 2. I'm going to do the same thing as I introduce uh, our, our topic today. Proverbs is written. Here's what it says about itself. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by. And words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon, David's son. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. The revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true Knowledge. This is the book of Proverbs that we're talking about. And inside this book, inside what we're going to talk about, the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. And I hope you get to see it today at the end of our visit today. Let me tell you a few things about the book of Proverbs that I think are important to know as you dig into those. Number one, the book of Proverbs is not about the quality of our eternity. What do you mean by that, Pastor Don? You're not going to read anything in Proverbs that's going to tell you, if you do this, time in heaven will be much better. Oh, but you're going to find a lot of stuff in the book of Proverbs that will tell you the quality of your life here on earth will be much better if you obey and heed and follow what it's saying. Proverbs is not a book that we follow so we get to have a better heaven. 
Proverbs is a book that we follow so that we get to have a better time here on earth. Here's the second thing I would tell you about the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs does not contain promises or guarantees. In other words, it's not a book that's like, if you do this, then this will happen, as if it were some kind of magical or mystical formula. It doesn't work that way. They're, they're wisdom truths that are there, not guaranteed formulas. Well, I did this and it didn't happen, Pastor Don. Proverbs lied to me. No, that's where the third part of Proverbs comes into play. Proverbs contains probabilities and likelihoods. In other words, if you'll repeat this, there's a really good chance it'll happen for your life. And when you lay that and those truths over the course of your entire lifetime, there's a really, really good chance you'll see those things come about. Proverbs is not about promises, it's about probabilities. And if you will live your life in a way, according to those, those truths, over and over and over again, you'll get really good at it, and you will see those truths bear fruit in our lives. Y'all with me so far? I'm going to do a little teaching, and then hopefully I'll be able to wrap a nice pretty bow up on it. But it's important to me that you understand a few things about Proverbs. So I'm going to structure it this way. I'm going to ask you two questions today, and here's the first one. Do I see myself in the book of Proverbs? When you're reading, I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I see myself? Do I see myself? Ask your neighbor, can you see it? As you read these pages and you read these statements and you read these chapters and you're digging in and you're learning, you're going to come into contact with four different characters, and I'm going to reveal those characters to you in this way. You're going to come across the child. You're going to come across the simple. You're going to come across the fool. And as you read, you will come across the wise. You're going to see these four characters over and over and over again. And it's important you know who they are because they're going to help you see yourself inside the book of Proverbs. You're not reading about somebody else as a child. You're reading about yourself as a child. You're not reading about somebody else this simple. You'll be reading about yourself with simplicity. You're not reading about somebody else being the fool. You'll be reading about yourself being either the fool or yourself being wise. In addition to those four characters, you're going to come across four situations. And here's those situations that you're going to come across as you read the book of Proverbs. You're going to come across instruction, counsel, reproof, and correction. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Don? Instruction is just guidance. You're going to come across some guidance. Anybody ever put something together and they gave you the instruction manual and it, it just gave you guidance? First you do this, then you do this, then you do this. It, it usually goes better for you if you try to assemble something according to the instructions from the manufacturer. When you read Proverbs, you're going to come across those characters and they're going to be faced with a situation that involves instruction and some guidance that they need to follow. You're also going to come across counsel. Well, Pastor Don, what is counsel? Counsel is simply advice that is sought after. Somebody goes and asks advice before they make a decision. We call that counsel. You're going to hear and read about counsel and the situation of counsel inside of Proverbs. Well, what's, what's reproof then? Reproof is just disapproval for a bad behavior. Parents, you do this all the time. Your kids do something that that's not good. Mama's got that look. You know what I'm talking about? Mama, show me the look real quick. Let me see it. Oh, okay, all right, I'll stop. That's reproof. It's disapproval for bad behavior. Okay, well, if that's reproof, what's correction then, Pastor Don? Correction is an adjustment for something that's off course. 
That's all it is. And as you read the book of Proverbs, you're going to come face to face with those characters and those situations interacting with each other. And I want you to be able to see yourself in it. Y'all ready to take it up one more level? I've got a, I've got a picture I'm going to put up on the screen. And here's the basic premise. How you and I respond to each of these situations will determine what kind of person we become. Do we have it up there? All right. Oh, we're blinking. We're strobing. Here's what I want you to know. We all start off as a child. And as a child, without instruction, without correction, without reproof, without counsel, we're going to end up simple. Simple, unlearned, uneducated, fighting through things that we should know better than if we don't. Parents, that's why you try to instruct your children is so they don't make some of the same mistakes that you make as well. Simple. But in the book of Proverbs, as you encounter instruction, correction, counsel, and reproof, how you interact with those determines whether or not you're going to be wise or you're going to be the fool. That's the difference. It's, I think I'm one thing until I get an opportunity to interact with one of those situations, until somebody gives me instruction, until somebody brings correction to me. And at that point, I get to choose how I respond, and my response will determine whether I'm a fool or whether I am wise. So remember, we're asking ourselves this question. Do I see myself in the book of Proverbs? Let's leave Proverbs 12, 15 says it this way. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. What do you mean, Pastor Don? It means when you get face-to-face with advice or counsel, how you respond makes the difference as to whether you're going to be a fool or whether you're going to be wise. The fool comes to counsel and says, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it without asking any advice or any counsel. And the Bible tells us that's a fool. Proverbs 13.1 says it this way. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but the scoffer or the fool does not listen to rebuke. He does not listen to rebuke. Proverbs 27 verse 12 says it this way. The prudent or the wise sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. How many of you saw somebody walking headfirst into a train wreck into their life and you tried to say something, but they didn't listen? They didn't listen. They were being simple, uninstructed, unlearned, uncorrected, and they ran right into something that you saw that you hoped they would avoid. Proverbs 15, 31, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. You're going to see phrases like this over and over and over again. One more, Proverbs 15, 32, whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. He who, anybody who ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. How many of you would say, I know some people that need to hear what you're trying to say, Pastor Don. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Don't, don't do it. I don't encourage it. But don't miss this. You could open your book with every intention of reading Proverbs and trying to learn wisdom and think that they're talking about other people. 
And that's why I asked you my question. Do I see myself in the book of Proverbs? If you want this wisdom to apply to your life, you don't need to read this book as if it were talking about somebody else. You need to read it as if it was talking about who? Yourself. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 22 through 24. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. It is possible to read Proverbs and see yourself and think, Ooh, I need to do better with that, but not do anything different. And it's as if you walk away and forget that you ever read it to happen then. I don't want you to read the book of Proverbs so you can read the book of Proverbs. I want you to read the book of Proverbs so that you can do the book of Proverbs and watch those probabilities and those likelihoods start to stack up so you get to live the kind of life that God intends for you to live, not the kind of life you'll be left to live on your own apart from those truths. Are y'all with me? You understand what I'm talking about? Let's get real for just a second. Let me ask you. Do you seek counsel before you decide what's best? That's where the rubber meets the road. When you have a decision to make, how many of you pick up the phone and, and call somebody who's older or wiser or further, no, further along the road than you are? You can read Proverbs all day long, but if you don't pick up the phone and seek counsel, you're not doing Proverbs. You're just reading Proverbs. Can others instruct you? Can they help you and guide you along the way? Or are you the kind of person that has to figure it out for yourself? I don't know, Pastor Don, you don't understand. That's just how I learn. I got to figure things out by myself. Proverbs is going to show you that kind of person's a fool. I don't want you to be that kind of person. I want you to be the kind of person that can be instructed and guided along the way. Here's one for you. When you get corrected, do you shy away from that person? Or do you get closer and closer to that person? Think about the last time somebody came to you and said, hey, listen, I, I, I know the kind of Christian you, you, you talk about being, and I, I just I saw you interacting with some people last week, and man, the thing you said, it, just, it didn't seem to line up with, with the kind of person I know you're trying to be, and I just, I just wanted to tell you that, man, I, I think you could be better. Well, who do you think you are? I, off my friends list, off my social media, I'm the, right? We shy away from those people, Right? Is that something that the wise do or something that the fool does? It, it, that's, what it, that's what I'm talking about. You're going to read these things in this book and be confronted with correction. And how you respond to correction gets to determine whether you're going to be wise or whether you're going to be a fool. When you read this, do you see yourselves in Proverbs? Husbands, can your helpmate instruct and correct you? Can, can they guide you? Will you allow your wife to guide you and help you? When things are off course, oh no, Pastor Don, you don't went too far. I am the man of this house, and what I say goes. Okay, I'll just tell you what kind of house you're going to have. You're going to have a house of a fool. God knew we needed help, men. And listen, wives, how you steward that help, how you shepherd that, how you leverage that influence makes a huge difference on how easy it is for us to receive that. Men, yes? Amen. amen. Okay, now you'll say amen to that, but you won't say amen to your, your, your wife being able to help you and correct you? Okay, I see. I see. 
Proverbs tells us that how we respond to each of these situations will determine whether we get to live life as a fool or whether we get to live life among the wise. Who wants to live life among the wise with me today? Proverbs is going to help you, but only if you see yourself. Remember my question. Say this to me. Can you see it? Do I see myself when I read the book of Proverbs? Here's my second question for you today. Last question. Do you see Jesus when you read the book of Proverbs? Some of you Bible scholars among us today would say, I don't think Jesus is ever mentioned in the book of Proverbs. Pastor Don, what are you talking about? Here's my heart for you. Listen to me, church. This is not easy. This is hard. I mean, we're up here and I'm talking and I'm throwing these things out here like, oh, it's nothing. I got this all figured out and and you just need to do this and you'll be fine. You'll be wise. What's wrong with you? Why can't you get it done? This is hard. I, I don't know about you, but every single day of my life I'm faced with opportunities to respond to instruction. Every single day I'm faced with opportunities to somebody disapproves of some behavior that I've had or somebody's trying to correct me or to adjust me and and how I respond to that. I know it's so important, but it's hard. And if I'm honest with you, I read the book of Proverbs and I look at this and I'm trying to see myself and I see myself, but I see myself on the wrong side. I'm like, I I don't know that I could do that. This, This standard is heavy. Pastor, you mean to tell me that I have to do everything the way I read it in Proverbs or I don't get to be wise? I'm destined to a life of foolishness? That, okay, hear my heart. This is not a standard that we're supposed to live up to. Listen to me. Let me say it this way. About two years ago, a year and a half ago, Pastor Jacob called, hey, hey God, come, come visit with us for a little bit. I want to talk to you. Okay, I walked in as Pastor Jacob and another one, another one of our pastors on our team. And, uh, and I sat down. How many of you know what kind of meeting I just got invited into? Like one of those, uh-oh. And your brain is racing and your heart is pounding because you, you're sitting here and you're saying, what I do? I, did I say something? Did I do something? Kayla hadn't said she'd be calling Pastor Jacob about anything. What could it be? You know, your, your brain is racing this whole thing. But I knew I was walking into what we like to call a come to Jesus meeting. Y'all know talking about come to Jesus meeting? I mean, somebody in this room is going to come to Jesus. Um, but the person on the other side of that, me, I wanted Jesus to come now so that I wouldn't have to be a part of that conversation. And uh, so here I am. And I know all this stuff, right? I I know how I'm supposed to respond. I know that I'm supposed to receive this. And I know it's supposed to be good. But it's correction and it hurts. And I don't like it. And Pastor Jacob asked me this question. And this is just me. Can I have an honest moment with you guys? Are you all okay with that? Can I I just share, bring you into my own come to Jesus meeting? I like to call them adjustments, by the way. They they make, they sound better to me when I refer to them as Adjustments, and I've had quite a few adjustments um, in, in, in my life. We're having this conversation, and he's telling me, and my heart's pounding, and I just, because I'm the kind of guy, I, I like to do things the right way. Like, I'm not one of those that tries to be foolish. I really want to do the right thing. Like, it bothers me at an intimate, emotional level when I've messed up what I haven't done wrong, especially when somebody like my pastor, who I value and admire, who, who helps me in so many 
when he's got to bring correction to me, it's so hard. And he looked at me and he said the same question that I've been asking you all morning long. He said, Don, do you see it? He really wants, like, he's trying to help me. Do you see it? And I learned a long time ago, don't lie to your pastor. And I told him, I said, honestly, pastor, I, I don't see it. I, I, I mean, I hear you. I know what you're trying to tell me. I, I know the situation. I was there, but I don't see it. And then I, saw, I said, but, but listen, I don't have to see it in order to trust you to know that you have my best interest in mind. So as long as you're okay with continuing to help me until I see it, I, I'll work on it. I don't, I don't have to see it in order to start working on it. Because the reality, Pastor, I feel like if I saw it, I would have done differently and we wouldn't be having this conversation. But if you say that's so, even if I don't see it, I can work on it and I can trust you in the middle of that. And my heart's pounding because I'm like, I'm supposed to see this. I'm a pastor. This is a Why do I not see it this way yet? God, help me. And my pastor said something to me in that moment that really, really helped me. It set me free. Because here he is taking the time to correct me, not wanting me to stay the way I was. And he took the time and he corrected me. And he wanted more than nothing else for me to see it, for us not to have that kind of conversation again. In those moments of conflict like that, two people don't want to have that conversation again. The one being corrected and the one having to do the correction. Do you see it? When I told him I didn't, but that I'd continue to work on it, even if I didn't see it. And, and as long as he'd be committed to keep helping me see it until I see it, I'm going to start working on it. He said this, and it was so freeing to me, and it helped me, and it changed my life. He said, well, man of God, that's all anybody could ask for. Wait, what? Like, I don't have to be perfect? I don't have to see it? I don't have to, to know it? it? It's okay that, that I don't have this all figured out? You mean to tell me that this is normal? That you coming to talk to me about something that I did wrong, that I fell short, that I don't even see is normal and it's okay to mess up it's okay to fall short and I don't always have to see it I just have to work on it until I see it is that's not the household I grew up in that was not the kind of person I thought I had to be and here my pastor is bringing me correction and permission to not be perfect at the same time and it was rightly put a come to Jesus meeting because I think Jesus came and revealed something to me in that moment that I would have gotten any other way. Are y'all following me on this? When I read the book of Proverbs and I honestly try to look for myself in those words and kingdom revelations that I read, here's the conclusion that I come to. I don't measure up. Here I am your pastor, standing up on stage in this pulpit, encouraging you to read a book full of things that I don't even live up to here in the book of Proverbs. Well, Pastor Don, I, 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 don't, 
wait a minute. Look at me, church. That's the beauty of the gospel. And the gospel is present even in the book of Proverbs. I'm not supposed to be able to do it all. I can't do it all. I'm going to fall short. But in the middle of that, when I'm trying to look at myself and I see that I fall short, can I see Jesus in the middle of that? Can I see Jesus? But Pastor Don, you mean to tell me if I can't consistently do these things that I read in Proverbs, I won't be wise? How will I ever be wise? I can't do it. That's the gospel message in the book of Proverbs. Guys, this is so good. Don't miss this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. This is the Apostle Paul. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Verse 26. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the, thing, the things that the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think that they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Verse 30. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom himself. Don't miss that. For our benefit, knowing we couldn't do everything we needed to do in order to be wise, God made Jesus to be our wisdom for us. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, it goes on to say. And he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Don't come to me boasting about, Pastor Don, I read chapter 12 and I do everything in it. Because I know you, you don't. But if you came to me and said, Pastor Don, I read chapter 12 and I saw where I fell short, but I saw how Jesus is helping me. I saw how he's making me and I saw some things in there and I saw myself and I wasn't on the path I needed to be on. But because I saw Jesus in the middle of my inadequacy, I now have a path and a place to go and a way to start working toward that. God knew that you and I couldn't measure up. So he united us with wisdom himself, Jesus. And listen, as a Christian, don't miss this. The goal isn't perfection. That's impossible. The goal isn't even getting to heaven. That's for later. It was John Piper that said, any Christian that would be happy in heaven if Jesus wasn't there isn't going to be there to begin with. It's about finding Jesus here, now, in the middle of our inadequacies. He's our wisdom. He's our kingdom revelation. Let me ask you this. Can you see Jesus when you read Proverbs? Can you see wisdom? Can you see Jesus? They're the same. They're the same. Let's look back at some of those passages we shared earlier. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Here's how we apply that in our lives. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a man seeking after Jesus listens to advice. A man seeking after Jesus will listen to advice. Proverbs 13. A wise son hears his father's instruction 
but the scoffer does not listen to rebuke. In other words, a son becoming like Jesus hears his father's instruction. But the one who isn't seeking to be like Jesus doesn't listen to rebuke. When you read Proverbs, can you see Jesus? Proverbs 27. The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Those who desire to be like Jesus see danger and they hide themselves. But the simple go on and suffer for it. One more, Proverbs 15, 31. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof has chosen to follow after Jesus. Open your book of Proverbs. Read and try to see yourself. And when you see that you fall short, look for Jesus because that's the answer. That's the wisdom that we're really after. This summer, we're going to be reading all through the book of Proverbs. And I want to bring you God's truth for your life as it's seen in the book of Proverbs. But my heart for you is that you'd look hard at trying to see yourself trying to gauge where you are and how you're responding to instruction, how you're responding to counsel, how you're responding to reproof, how you respond to correction. I want you to see yourself. And when you do and you fall short and you realize that that standard is too high for you to attain, I want you to look for Jesus, God's embodiment of wisdom given to you and I, not only to get to heaven, but to reign in life now in our world today. And listen, let me help you. Remember my conversation, my last adjustment, my come to Jesus meeting with Pastor Jacob? Even when I don't see it, I can trust him and still obey. Even when you don't see it, you can trust Jesus and still obey. If you think you have to see it in order to start working on it, you've missed it. You've missed it. The kind of Christian God wants us to be is not a perfect one, just a growing one. The kind of wise God wants you to be is not a flawless wise, but a following wise. Remember, 1 Corinthians 1.30, God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He freed us from sin. Look at me, church. We're talking about wisdom all summer long, but I need to just start off on this foot. Wisdom doesn't make you right with God. Wisdom doesn't make you pure and holy. Wisdom doesn't even free you from sin. Only Jesus does that. Only Jesus frees you from your sin, and God has made him to be our wisdom as we walk through this life. Amen? Amen. Can I pray for you today? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose. And that plan and that purpose includes us. You want us to be active. You want us to be involved. You don't intend for us just to go through life and life happen to us. You want us to happen to life. And I thank you that you've given us opportunities and continue to give us opportunities every day to make the right choice, to interact with instruction, to interact and seek counsel, to follow reproof and to learn from correction so that we can be wise. 
And right now, Father, I pray that we would see those situations as opportunities to learn how to be more like Jesus, not how to be perfect. Perfect is unattainable. Jesus is a gift from you. And I pray for those in the sound of my voice that love you, that are seeking hard after you, Jesus, that as they read the book of Proverbs, they would see themselves And when they see where they come up short, I pray that in that same moment they would see you desiring to help them, desiring to equip them, desiring to show them the right way and how to respond. Even if they don't see it, I pray we would be a congregation that obeys whether we see it or not because we trust you and we trust the truth of your word. And I thank you for those today. I ask that you would bless them I pray, Father, that you would continue to encourage them, help them. Let the summer of wisdom not be a a summer of discouragement, but let it be encouraging to us to know not only did you give us a path, but you gave us a person to walk with us on that path, and his name is Jesus. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head bowed and every eye continue to be closed. When Jesus is speaking In John chapter 3, he says this. He says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot even enter into the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again. And I believe that here listening today, here with us today, by no accident and by no mistake, there are those here that would say, Pastor Don, I don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus. I haven't asked him to be Lord of my life. Matter of fact, as you were talking about Proverbs and and all of those things, I think I more easily identify with the wrong path than, than the right path. But I see now my need for Jesus. I see where I come fall short and I see that that's okay as long as I'm pursuing Jesus. But I'd like to be born again today. If you're here within the sound of my voice and you'd like to be born again today, you'd like to acknowledge that change that God has made on the inside of your heart. You see your relationship with him in a way you've never seen it before and you want me to pray with you today. Can I ask you to slip your hand up so that I know who I'm praying with? Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you, I see your hand. All across. Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Give you just a few minutes to know We're not talking about perfection. If that were the case, none of us here would measure up. We're talking about a heartfelt desire to submit our lives to Jesus, to do things his way. One more time, I'm going to ask you, raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with today. If that's you, thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Church family, we're going to pray together, and I'm going to ask all of us to pray out loud, and it's going to be indicative of the fact that none of us do this on our own, that God intends all of us to be Christians together and to help each other. Those of you that raise your hand and those of you sitting next to them, repeat this after me as we pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. 
I declare that God is my Father. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And that heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.